Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. As a qualified nutritionist, I'm here to strip away the nonsense and get down to the bare essentials of nutrition and wellness. Join us as we debunk myths, chat with top-notch experts, and serve up practical tips that will leave you feeling empowered. Get ready to uncover the naked truth about living your healthiest life. Let's undress. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Today I'm super excited because I have a special guest with me. I have Shelly Rose. Shelly Rose is an NLP mindset and business coach and she helps women to just really create that life that lights their soul on fire and she helps them to actually connect to their higher self, which I am so incredibly passionate about and I'm so excited for our conversation today. So welcome Shelly to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Thank you. Yes. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited as well. Yes. Um, so-, <laughs> so did you want to tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, your own journey that you've been on that kind of got you to where you are today with working with so many other amazing women? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I guess like I've had a bit of a journey. <laughs> um, I had a bit of a journey, but I think for me, honestly, a lot of like a lot of my passion came from um my own experiences and I think as well like kind of so I guess a bit about me my name is Shelly Rose I'm a young mum I have two boys aged three and one um I used to actually work in the corporate world so I left my corporate role when I was oh like I think just after I got back from maternity leave with my firstborn um and realized that I was kind of just putting so much energy into something that wasn't necessarily aligned with where it aligned with the vision that I had for myself and the vision that I had for my family. But I guess prior to that, um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was like 21. Um, so that was really the start of like my, my healing journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, like I was like, I, so I started kind of my healing journey. It was very surface level healing, um, at the age of 21, but I'd say like with Crohn's disease, so Crohn's disease for me was like my wake up call almost. Like it was like when I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, it was like my sign from the universe. <laughs> like that sounds weird, but it was like it was like the catalyst where the catalyst that kind of made me realize how important I was and that I had to actually look after myself because up until that point, I very much outsourced a lot of my power and really focused so much on like the people around me and doing everything for everyone else and I actually started to realize well you know it all starts with me and if I'm not giving back to me then I actually can't give back to anybody else Mm -hmm. so I would say like getting diagnosed with Crohn's disease was like my biggest wake-up call because it was like a big realization where it kind of came to like it was a big realization for me where it was like you know what you've actually got to put yourself first like you have to put your oxygen mask on first and I I guess grew up um you know experiencing pretty traumatic life experiences as I guess you know like quite a few of us do um but I witnessed a lot of like what I witnessed was like a lot of unworthiness and a lot of um just a lot of like really toxic patterns playing out and I was kind of the person who chose a different life in comparison to I guess the life that I was modeled right and once I started my healing journey I actually started to see that the patterns that I was playing out whilst they were deemed acceptable by society, they were also like avoidance, numbing, mm-hmm. distraction, all the rest of it. So it was like really interesting for me to see that. But I guess what why I kind of fell into the NLP and like mindset space and now have kind of gone into the business space was because I wanted to be, like I really wanted, for me, it's like I really want to show like women specifically, because I work with women, what is possible when they actually commit to rewriting the narrative? And I, it was like, I did that. So it was like, I'm like, this is a power, this is a gift. And this, so many people stay stuck thinking that this is all that they have and all that they know, and they can't move beyond it. But actually, if you commit to understanding yourself clearly and really seeing yourself and unraveling all the parts of yourself that you think, you know, can't do things or it like it's not possible for you then you can actually fully like fully create a life that is better than you could ever imagine it so that was kind of like the catalyst where I was like actually no like if I can do it anybody can do it and 
it really, and then I kind of just got really interested in like the mind. Like I was like, I love the human brain. Um, I love like the mindset stuff. And I really started doing more of the deeper level um, mindset work and yeah, and kind of landed here. And then had my first born and realized that, you know, in order to actually be an embodiment of what I preach, I needed to follow my purpose, which was in, in this space and leave my corporate role. I love it. It's so powerful. And I think it's it's crazy how the universe works and how it gives you those really big signs of here is your wake-up call, here is like your huge sign that it's time for you to take a different path. And I think it's so interesting as well because in all like the movies that you watch where there's a hero and a villain, they both come from the same backstory, right? Where both of them have a hard upbringing one way or another however they respond differently it's like the villain is like the world hurt me so I'm going to hurt the world back and the hero is more like the world hurt me so I'm going to give love and I'm going to make a change moving forwards and you're so right like it's it's about how you kind of take those steps forwards and the path that you actually choose and you you can go either way right and you have the power of actually making your life whatever you want it to be which I think is so cool that you allow women to really step into that and be like okay well this is my one shot at life I'm going to actually be that best version of myself for me and for everyone else around me. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And it's so empowering, right? Like, like, like you saying that, I'm like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And for women, sometimes I feel that I think there's a, a big shift coming, but I also think you do, you have to find your circle or find the people that do kind of lift you up and allow you to be that highest version of yourself because there's always also going to be people who aren't there to I guess support you and and as you transition through that they want Mm. to hold you back or you know they have their own things that they're going through and I know when I was going through my journey of like working out what I really wanted in life and I personally didn't want to go into like a nine-to-five corporate role in nutrition or that sort of stuff but it's, it's very against I grew up in Melbourne so it's very against that kind of structure of how life should be and I I struggled I struggled being like well where like what table do I sit at you know who am I surrounded by now and I find that's a really interesting uh part of the journey is that something that you kind of notice with women that you work with or even with yourself going through your journey yeah yeah definitely and funnily enough I actually just recently did a masterclass on this and it was all about like cultivating a more empowered mindset And when we think to like cultivating a more empowered mindset to live a more empowered life, we think, you know, okay, understand beliefs, understand values, understand like all the behind the scenes stuff. But but one of the things that I spoke to was like, if you actually want to fully commit to living an empowered life and really elevating from a place of empowerment, proximity. Mm. because you can hop on a podcast like you can listen to a podcast you can hop on a you know masterclass you can be with a coach but if what you're doing outside of that hour that you that you give yourself is actually entertaining you know I guess conversations and standards and behaviors and stuff like that that actually aren't empowering you to up level your life and and in fact holding you like you know captive into in in what you know then it's going to be really hard for you to move from a place of feeling disempowered internally to feeling empowered right mm-hmm. and yeah, it's one of the things that I always speak to is like you know like proximities I feel like is a huge huge thing when it comes to you know wanting to up level wanting to elevate wanting to expand and because like you have to think like as humans, we all take the path of least resistance, right? And the path of least least resistance is what we know, like, you know, and what we know is, you know, what conversations we end, like, you know, it's like, what's your normal? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, that's a, that's a big one because, and, and we do live in a world where, like you said, I do feel like there's a huge shift. I feel like our generation's shifting a lot, but, you know, like our parents and stuff, it's very much like, you know, you go, like, you go to school, you do this, you do that. And and I do think that they were, like, you know, once you understand your conditioning and you understand, like, those things, like, you can see it so clearly and you can also see, like, other people so clearly. But it's very much one of those things because as humans, all we want is love, acceptance and approval, right? Mm -hmm. So what that looks like is what we are conditioned to believe we need to be in and and do and all all of those things so yeah it's like 
putting yourself in in, in spaces, in rooms, in, in situations that actually do expand your capacity. Mm, yeah, because what you entertain, you attract. And when you keep entertaining that same energy, even though it's comfortable and even though you might not like it, it's literally what you just keep attracting in. And I get how hard it is to to step out and be like, okay, this is uncomfortable. Like I maybe I'm no longer, I guess, like the big fish in the group or whatever it is. Like when you put yourself in those situations where it's the unknown, right? And as humans, we love, love being in our comfort zone. And I even see this like play out in so many of my clients, especially with binge eating. It's like, know that we don't like, like the binge eating and that's not serving us and that it's causing us to feel all of these unhelpful emotions. Yet it's comfortable. It's what we know. It's what we, we revert back to. Yeah. And that can yeah. play out in so many other areas of your life as well. Relationships, friendships, careers, all of that. You might not like it and you might be like, why do I feel a bit lost or stuck? But it's literally just that comfort zone that you're like, well, it's easy to stay here. A hundred percent, yeah. And it's like the unconscious, like it's seeing like the uncon- unconscious part of you that, you know, in some ways does like it because it is easy. So it's like, you yeah. know, we, we consciously we're like, we hate doing this. We hate like... I mean, I was the queen of self-sabotage. Like I literally looked back and I was like, well, <laughs> I sabotaged every area of my life and it actually took for me to see where I liked playing into that mm. because of what it gave me or what, you know, or like what it gave me from a sense of comfort yeah. that actually allowed me to transcend and move beyond it. Mm-hmm. You know? So interesting. And unraveling, like unraveling all the behind the scenes stuff to see, okay, well, cool. Like I can see why that is the case. Like, you know, I can see why I turned to that. I can see why I turned to food, why I turned to spending, why I turned to, you know, seeking external validation. Like once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah. But then you have the power back to then make the change, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. So for somebody who I guess is in that period where they're like, I just don't feel like I'm fully aligned, but they're not sure kind of what's lacking or what it is. I guess, what do you see are the most common signs for people that actually aren't living a life that's really aligned to them and their values? Yeah. Look, I would say like, I think, you know, without sounding too blunt, I would say Mm. that a lot of people actually don't even know what their values are. Like, like it's like very good for us. Like it's, I mean, when you're in the industry, like nutrition mindset, like you deal with a lot, like a lot of binge eating. So you would have obviously like it's part of what you do to understand, okay, well, how can we bring more more alignment? Mm. But I feel like a lot of people actually don't even know what their values are. So therefore it's actually about kind of bringing conscious awareness to what those are to then giving themselves the ability to live in alignment with those values. And like for me, I kind of always come back to like, even if my clients, when they're like, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling stagnant, if you're feeling bored, if you're feeling lost, like like I would say that there's a level of disalignment. I don't know if that's even a word, but we're going to make it a word. <laughs> Unalignment, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, misalignment, it's misalignment. <laughs> um, yeah, like I would say that there's a level of uh, misalignment there because mm. you're living true to the things that are important to you then, you know, you're not going to feel like there's a disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. But but what I would say with that is, well, it's like knowing, like for me personally, bringing, like bringing alignment to, I guess, my life looked like actually really uncovering what was true to me and, and what was important to me. And I think that this is kind of where we come unstuck because we are a society that live through the lens of social media. And sometimes we cultivate so many things that actually aren't ours, you know, like it's mm-hmm. like, actually, is this something that I that I aspire to have or have I made myself believe that I need to have that in order to be X, Y, Z? So it's like bringing in like that internal clarity to know, okay, what is true to me and what is important to me? And then what are the actions that I need to do in order to actually start doing that? And it's funny, I've, I was t- chatting to my girlfriend this morning and I was like, you know, one of my one of my top values is actually fun. So if I'm not having enough fun in my life, I like, you know, th- there's a disconnect. If I don't have enough freedom, if I don't have enough connection, like, you know, there's there's a disconnect. So it's like unravel the things that are that are true to you and important to you, really get clear on what those values are 
and really even like looking at like your belief systems and where they disempower you versus empower you again, because we do have so many limitations on what we believe to be true about who we are and what we're capable of, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if we can actually start to understand those limitations, then we can actually step into deeper levels of alignment because we're no longer limited by things that we're unconscious to. Mm, for sure. Absolutely. And I totally can resonate with you on the the fun value that you have and how I that one I find for me personally as well, so easy for me to not step into and to just be so work focused. And I remember the first coach that I worked with, I was like, I'm just tired all the time. Like I feel so burnt out. And she was like, when was the last time you had fun? And I was like, yeah, great question. Like I actually couldn't pinpoint it because yeah. I come from a background where it's like work hard, work hard, work hard, like all the time. Like you just always have to be productive and doing something and achieving the next goal. And so that was just, I was so tunnel visioned into that, that anytime I took a, a sidestep from my business or I took, you know, time out in the middle of the week to go and do an activity or hang out with friends, I felt this overwhelming sensation of like guilt and frustration and all of that. So I just never did it which then led to me being like exhausted, burnt out, frustrated, like moody and snappy with my boyfriend because I wasn't actually living aligned with one of my values at all. And it's really interesting how it kind of plays out. And then once you recognize it, swap it and start actually putting things in, the change and the transition that you can make in your life, it's just like, oh my God, like a weight has just been lifted off my shoulders. And it was unreal. Like it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And it's funny, isn't it? Because like, you know, we talk to like, you know, like we talk to the law of attraction. We talk to, you know, like, you know, being a magnet and manifestation and all of these things. But it's like if you're actually, if if you're not living in alignment, then it's going to be very hard for you to manifest what it is that you want because the frequency in which you're vibrating at is not aligned to the frequency in which you, you know, you aspire to being kind of thing. Like uh-huh. there's a disconnect. Yeah, I like whenever I feel like whenever a client comes to me and yeah they they're feeling like you know like a little bit lost a little bit stuck a little bit burnt out tired bored it's like okay we need to like we need to reconnect (laughs) yeah yeah and because the effect that it has on then everything else and like for example for me when I started having that fun and I thought I was so focused on being in my business all the time that then when I took a step out and had more fun, it's like my business felt easier. Like clients came, but like it just, everything just yeah. happened a lot smoother. And you're like, whoa, like this is unreal. And yeah. you're enjoying it more. Like your energy to show up is so different. It just makes a world yeah. of difference. And when my clients all first start, I actually get them to do like this little workbook of literally working out their values. And you know, just asking those questions of what do you even want to do with your time on this planet? Like who do you want to be remembered for all that sort of stuff? And then I actually get them to put them on a dartboard. And I'm like, okay, where, where do they sit? Like the center of the dartboard is like, I am so aligned with that value. It's, it's right there. And the further away, it's like, no, this is something that I really want to work on. And for a lot of them, when they look at the visual dartboard, they're like, oh my goodness, all of these different values are just so far away from where I actually want them to be. Or they recognize values, like you said, that they didn't even realize that they had. And once they understand that and then allows them to take that step to be like, well, this is actually how I want my days to look or my weeks to look, or these are the people that I want to surround myself with. And when you kind of have that control back and that power to be like, this is my life and I'm going to actually live it how I want to, it it changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so true because like, you know, going back to that, it's like, you can tell who is aligned, who lives in alignment with their values without even knowing the values that they have just by the way that they lead their life. Yeah. Like, like, and I say this all the time because, you know, like, like I'm very big on calling my clients forward and, you know, a lot of clients will be like, you know, I really value health, but then they're, you know, like maybe binge eating or they're skipping the gym. And, and I'm like, okay, well, is this actually a value? Because if you valued health, these things wouldn't these things wouldn't be happening. And it's not to say that you can't value them and that you don't value them, but it's saying, but it's more or less bringing the awareness to like it's all good and well to say that you that you value it, but this is where there's the disconnect, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, um, and this is where it becomes harder because yeah, you aren't actually living in alignment with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so when people have worked out their values, I get that it can also be a little bit overwhelming and sometimes a little bit confronting as well, where you're like, whoa, okay, there's so many things that I do want to shift and change and start to work towards. 
what are your tips for where people can kind of start making these changes in their life? Well, good question. I would say, I mean, I feel like values is a very easy, like for me, I've I've done quite a bit of work. So I guess values is always values is like the kind of the fun thing, right? Because I feel like there's so much more that happens behind the scenes that allows for deeper levels of alignment. But I would say, firstly, yeah, like recognizing what they are and also recognizing like, you know, that whilst your values right now not might not be the values that you want, it's like nothing, like nothing set in stone. So it's like giving yourself permission to change, alter, shift and, you know, and also like giving yourself the permission to one, be a human, because I feel like this is kind of where we get stuck and it's like, oh, like, oh, but if I don't do that, then it's like we make ourselves wrong and we then turn into a shame pit, guilt cycle, mm-hmm. all the things. But it's like understanding what they are first and foremost, bringing that conscious awareness to them, understanding what actions and choices you need to make in order to bring deeper levels of alignment to those and what it's actually going to look like for you to be an embodiment of those. Um, because... The, the truth really is is that we should be an embodiment right like it, it mm. shouldn't be we, we get to a point where it's not like you have to consciously think about doing the thing to be aligned you just are yeah yeah so so I would say that yeah it's like recognizing what they are understanding you know the separation that you've created between where you are versus where you want to be yeah. in order to be an embodiment and then actually nighting out the, the things in which you would like to do in order to get there yeah so the process like it's so much more of a, a process of getting there and I know you touched on being the human and that kind of made me really think about the failure side of it all as well and how for a lot of people that can definitely be a large one that plays in of but what if I fail how do you kind of yeah. navigate helping people work through the failure side of it all yeah, so I have a very different viewpoint on failure. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't have a different viewpoint. I just don't believe. Like, it's I just don't believe it to be a thing. Um, and that's just the, like, that's just what I choose to, that's the way that I choose to lead my life. But I know that for a lot of people, this is a big thing because fear of failure comes up so much. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what I, w- what I would say to that is, like, like, if you can actually anchor into the fact that failure doesn't really exist unless you don't actually try, like, like really, if you sit with it, you only fail at something if you don't do something, like if you don't start, mm-hmm. like that's really the only way you fail, right? And every time I've been, I guess, in my own, like for my own journey where there has been that that fear of failure, leaving my corporate role and starting my own business. Like, you know, I was high up in corporate, so it was a huge ego stroke for me. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what if I fail? Like, I'm, I don't have this, like, big income and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, actually, I've only failed if I actually haven't taken action. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, and, and like we said before, like, with in terms of, like, the universe is always presenting different opportunities and different pivots, right? So it's like whenever, like, so I I just don't play into, I don't play into the idea of failure because I think that we've always got an opportunity to learn and strengthen ourselves and, you know, and strengthen the parts of ourselves that, you know, are in deeper levels of alignment because you can do something and it actually not feel good and then you're like, maybe that just actually wasn't alignment for me. So, so pivot. And and I think that everything in which we do or don't do in our life is giving us the opportunity to to become who we want to become. And, you know, I look to any type of pivot or any type of opportunity to, you know, maybe go a different path as just the universe supporting my evolution. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Mm. You know, like like we don't fail unless we don't try. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. One thing that I always say to all my clients is there's no failure. There's literally only ever feedback because they're they're here, right? They're doing the journey. They're doing the things. And if they can take every little blip or little thing that pops up as and just have a curious outlook on it and be like, okay, well, why did that play out that way? How can I kind of adjust, tweak and change things to make sure that I get a different result next time? 
it's allowing them to level up and to take back more and more control over food or whatever it is that they're going through which yeah. is just that constant feedback that we need to always be growing and evolving and like you said like becoming that version of ourselves that we actually do want to become so I absolutely love that outlook on it a hundred percent and it's like you know like it's like the like I have a belief that it's like if you if you're not willing to like fall fumble or fail I don't believe you're willing to succeed because yeah. you can't like you're not going to succeed if you're not willing to 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 fall and fumble and fail because that's all part of the human experience yeah absolutely like even when you think about a child how many times do you fall when you're trying to learn how to walk no one year old we, yeah. <laughs> yeah honestly my one year old yeah and can you imagine if we had given up back then like we'd all be crawling around now like you have that discipline as a child to when you get knocked down you get back up again we just have to like channel that now as adults as well which obviously is a little bit mentally harder but again like you just if you keep pushing past that and challenging those internal beliefs that your mind is telling you I feel like you also can start to build that self-confidence side of it too a hundred percent and like you know I always looked like the I like love the gym right like the gym and yeah. fitness but I always pull so many like analogies from like the gym right because I feel like it's just such a good representation for life it's like whenever you're getting stronger like you're actually trying to get stronger and build strength in the gym you've mm. got to fail right yeah. that's all the part of it. Like, like that's the building phase right like yeah. you're not going to walk into a gym and be able to squat 90 kilos and, and eventually as you're building you're going to have to fail the higher you know the higher weights until it actually becomes easier and easier and easier so it's like we like we have to fail at things in order to actually grow and evolve and expand and to get better and I think we just live in a world where you know, everything's so easily accessible. Everything is so easily, I guess, like, um, like what would be the word? Like easily manipulated through the likes of social media where it's very easy to project onto like, oh, but they just have it easier or they just, uh, they just that. And, and that's something that I'm really big on with my clients because I think a lot of people do look at my life now and think, oh, you know, like it's just so easy for you, but they just, completely disregard the last you know like technically 30 years of me failing and building and strengthening and and becoming and especially over the last 10 years where I've been a lot more intentional with actually coming home to myself but equally expanding myself mm. that you know like I failed reps every, every day multiple times a day and that's why it does get to a point where it's like it's not going to be like that forever mm-hmm. and you know, I even look to this with discipline because a lot of people will say, oh, but how do you stay so disciplined? And I'm like, well, the focus shouldn't always be discipline. The focus should be embodiment because once you're embodied in something, you don't have to be disciplined in it. Mm. And Yes, I love that outlook. Yeah, and it's like it's so powerful because, you know, a lot of people say, but, like, how do you just, like, stay so disciplined? And I'm like, like, I don't. I'm just embodied. It's just who I am because Mm -hmm. I've compounded and compounded and compounded and compounded time and time and time again so now that it is just who I am and I think that that's like there's so much power in that yeah because like it just always needs to be this struggle but it doesn't Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. yes I love it and so for you because I know that you mentioned earlier as well that fun is one of your highest values have you always been able to show up because I like with that fun being that top priority and incorporating a lot because I know and from your social media that I follow it does look like you have a good balance with making sure that you do incorporate that fun and you have it with your kids and your partner and all of that which I absolutely love has it always been that way for you or how do you kind of go about making sure that fun is constantly there showing up in your life yeah I would say like I I would say it's a huge part like I'm naturally quite a fun person like like oh I shouldn't say fun I would say playful like I'm naturally yeah. quite a fun person but I definitely know that there's in times where I have almost felt like quite like quite disconnected from myself or in moments of uncertainty where like big things have happened you know like the transition into motherhood like things like that definitely I feel like there have been times where I've probably not not that I've 
neglected fun. I've just not prioritized fun. And it's when I don't prioritize fun in my life, I, I feel a huge, huge, I guess, um, shift in the way that I in the way that I show up. And it almost becomes like quite um quite like regimented as such. So I feel like for me, like I I know that like I know for me personally that because fun is one of my biggest values and because I live and breathe, you know, like living your most like fulfilling life but making it fun, when I'm actually not embodying that, then then I do feel like, you know, like for me personally, I'm like a bit of a shell of a human. So I do feel like I prioritise it. But I would say that probably only over the last maybe 12 months, I've actually brought language to it. So up until probably around about 12 months ago, I felt it unconsciously, but I didn't really have language to it. So now it's like, now it's, now that I've got more language to it, I'm like, okay, if things aren't feeling good for me, like I need to, I need to have some fun. <laughs> um, like, like I need to incorporate more playfulness within, within my life. And I think as well, it helps. Like I've got two young kids. So like on the days that I'm like full-time mom, I'm typically chasing monsters and like, <laughs> you learn so much from kids, like their imagination is second to none. And, you know, I'm chasing monsters and I'm like, I'm putting out pretend fires and, and I feel like that really, for me, like brings out so much of my inner child. Yeah. Um, but it's some, like it's a priority, like a priority in my husband, like mine and my husband's marriage. Like we always are ensuring that we're having fun. And, you know, I always am like joking, like, like I'm like, I'm just living my best milf life. Like I'm just living my best milf life. And, I love um, and yeah, like, so, so I, I like just, I fully like hone in on that energy. Like, I feel like I'm like, like, I'm like, okay, what, like, what is the, what does best, the best milk life look like for me? I'm going to go for yeah. a walk to the beach. And I'm going to drink my coffee and I'm going to chase monsters and I'm going to like bake and, you know, we're going to dance and we're going to play and we're going to have fun. And, you know, like I've, st- like I do a lot of energetic stuff in, in my business. So, and I know that like, in order to, in order to continue to expand and up level, like you need to be, operating at an elevated frequency and mm-hmm. the way that we elevate our frequency is through the things that we love doing and through having fun yeah yeah for sure and how would some people go about or women go about actually finding what they can do to have fun because sometimes I've asked the, the questions to a lot of my clients and especially my clients who have maybe been in routine and structure and just go 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 for so long or I have a couple of working mums who they're either in their work mode or they're in mum mode that they're like I don't even know what I actually do nowadays to have fun how would you kind of navigate that and how can they even work it out yeah yeah it's so interesting isn't it because like like I said before it's so funny how we go through life and we just lose so much of like the young version of us and like yeah like I, because I'm a very observant person and I'm very much into this work like I observe my son all the time and I'm like well, I would love to be in your head. Like he's like, Mom, Mom, the zombie's here. And I'm like, where's the zombie? And like, you know, and it's just funny yeah. because we're like, where did we lose that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but what I would say is like, like it's all trial and error too. I think that we kind of get caught up in this, like, oh, well, it needs to look this way, or you mm-hmm. know, I need to do this. And I have moments where I'm like, what do I even like doing? You know, like yeah. I was chatting to my girlfriend and, and my husband last night because he like, he loves playing golf. And I'm like, I feel like as women, we just don't have as many hobbies. Like, mm. you know, my husband will play golf for four hours. He would go motorbike riding. He would, and I'm like, I just want to spend money. Like, you know, I just want to like get my nails done, get a massage, like live my best milk life. Yeah. But I would say like it's all just trial and error. And it's like, what are the, like, what when are the times where you just feel like so free and fulfilled mm-hmm. and like coming back to moments where it's like the world almost stops. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and it's like when you're just like, you're not focused on, you know, what you need to do tomorrow, what what was done last week. Like, it's like, where, what are the things that you do when you just feel like you're in a vortex and, for, like for me I like I love training but then also like I train for for me for like my optimization functionality and stuff like that so it's like okay well whilst I love training and I have fun training I don't need like training is 
fun, but it's not a part of the fun things that I do because it's also kind of like a necessity. So it's like, you know, I love, like I love dancing around with the kids. Like we've got songs that we put on and, and for me, it's just been trial and error, just doing things that light me up that feel good. And it could be whatever that is for you. And it's like, just, okay. Like clocking those moments where it's like, where time has got away from you, like clocking those moments in your life where you, you know, you aren't focused on anything other than what you're doing in that present moment, but also bringing intentionality to creating space in order to do that. Because I think as well, like a lot of people are just so caught up in the day to day that it's very hard to kind of be like, I don't even know what it is. And we almost like question it. And then we get in our own heads and then we make ourselves wrong because we feel even more disconnected because we don't know what that even looks like. And it's like, can you actually just not attach any meaning to what it should or shouldn't look like and just create some space in order to like do something that feels good for you? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think social media plays a part in that as well of how is this going to look? to the eyes of Mm -hmm. other people am I having fun in you know other people's eyes and all that sort of stuff and I know for me on my dream that was like a big thing of moving from Melbourne to Queensland and all that sort of stuff and I was like you know is my life as fun as what people thought it was going to be or as interesting or like all of these Mm -hmm. like little internal thoughts of and in the end you have to kind of take that step back and be like am I living my life for other people and what they think or am I actually living it for me and what I want to be doing A hundred percent, like honestly. And it's something that I speak about all the time with my clients. It's like, you know, like you just have to do you. And and one of the biggest things that I live by is like, I don't want to get to 80 years of age and be like, oh, you know, I didn't do that thing because Sharon down the road may have thought this, or I didn't do that thing because it didn't, because I was perceived this way. And, Mm And like, obviously there's a lot of deeper like mindset work that we go through around that stuff because as humans, we are conditioned to, I guess, be perceived in a certain way, but actually our, like our need to be perceived as, you know, X, Y, Z can be some of our biggest limitations. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like when you can actually just step into your most authentic and unapologetic version and just like actually just be who you want to be and say what you want to say and do what you want to do. If it's coming from a really clean space and, you know, not from a space of like wanting to harm or hurt or whatever, mm-hmm. who gives a flying F what anyone says? You know what I mean? Like it's like... Mm-hmm. And truly, when you look to people who are just in their zone of genius in their life, doing the fucking fun things and just living their life on their terms, they are the most like magnetic versions of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I could not agree more. And I know that you talk a lot about being vulnerable and the power of it. I feel this kind of leads into that because I think there's a bit of a stigma around being vulnerable and it's seeing sometimes as being a little bit I don't know what the right right word would be not like wimpy but just like you can't like it it's seen as you lose a bit of your power when you open up and when you are vulnerable whereas when you're like hard and and don't let anything like get to you kind of it's almost seen in in a better light sometimes I would love for you to kind of give your opinion on like the actual power in opening up and being vulnerable. And for me, when I started social media, I really struggled with that because I was like, well, if I'm too vulnerable online, what, again, like, what are people going to say about me behind my back? What are people going to think? People are going to know everything about me. Like it just, I I have definitely been raised where it's like, you always have a shell over you. Don't, don't be vulnerable to online or to the wrong people or things like that, which I found really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely, like you said, there's a huge stigma around vulnerability. Mm. And I think we like, you know, the, there's like almost like a societal conditioning that being vulnerable is being weak, right? It's yes. like, you know, like, yeah. and, and it's like being vulnerable and, and like, you know, airing dirty laundry is like, you, you know. But I would say I, I actually, like for me, I feel like I read a lot of Brene. Have you read any Brene Brown's books? No, she speaks to vulnerability. So she's like the vulnerability queen. And she kind of says that vulnerability corrodes all shame. Like she's very big on like vulnerability dissolves shame. And when you really sit with that, like she's she's the best. Um, but for me, like I look to vulnerability as 
like it's I feel like it's such a birthplace for connection and when you are like when you can lead with vulnerability if it's coming from a really clean space then not only are you giving others the permission to to like fully lean in and be vulnerable in who they are and and you know what's important to them because realistically if you think to like any type of like vulnerability it's like it's taking that mask off right it's like actually like seeing yourself and how powerful to be able to be be take your mask off and be seen and actually be held in that and it's something that I preach with a lot like a lot of my group containers because vulnerability is such a big thing for me and I built my social media through being vulnerable because it's very easy to look into social media and think that you know like I'm living my best milf life Mm. (laughs) you you know and like whilst I am I've been very open and honest with a lot of my journey come Crohn's, come trauma, come my transition to motherhood. Um, You know, I've been very open with sharing a lot of the things that most people fucking experience, right? And, you know, like you look to like binge eating, for instance. Mm -hmm. The, The people who binge eat hold so much shame about themselves because they continue to play out this pattern. But actually when you bring people to a room that are all having the same the same experiences whilst they've had different journeys and they've got different conditioning they're all playing out similar patterns they're all probably having the same thoughts um you know thoughts feelings all mm-hmm. all the things mm-hmm. and it's like you actually bring bring vulnerability into a space and dissolve the shame that you have and you're able to be seen and held in that, you actually start to see that we're not unique in our shit. And, you know, like I came to give you like a little bit of insight. Like I came from a background where there was like a lot of drug addiction, right? So when I looked to like drug addiction, it's like numbing, distracting, avoiding, like it's like those patterns, right? But then when I looked to my journey, I turned to exercise and I turned to like, um, like exercise and overachieving so mine was like mine was like quote-unquote accepted by society but yeah but it was still numbing avoiding distracting yeah yeah and it was all numbing avoiding distracting from feeling the things that I felt internally now if I could be open about how I was feeling internally I could bet most people are going to be like holy shit I feel that too instantly dissolve shame yeah, that's so true. And the more you, you talk about it, some of the deepest conversations and connections that I've had with people is like comes from me actually opening up and talking about the hard shit that I've gone through or things that I've had to work through or whatever it is. And then them feeling like, okay, well, now this is a safe space. And then they open up and the depths that then you go to and you learn about each other allows you to connect on a much different level like it goes well past just surface conversations which I love like I love that connection to other people yeah which which then gives people the ability to actually move through their shit right because yeah you're not like if you're not willing to to be vulnerable in what's happening internally you're not like you're, you're shaming you're already stuck in a shame pit and you're not going to be able to move from the pattern whilst you're shaming yourself for being in the pattern. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I think, yeah, we definitely need to give the power back to being vulnerable and just creating those safe spaces. And I guess for a lot of people, and for me, you have subconscious or conscious fears around being vulnerable because of something that may have happened in the past. Like maybe there's been a life experience where you actually have opened up about something and the reaction that you got has made you feel like you can't be open about it because it didn't make you feel safe or secure or heard or understood. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, it, you know, and it's funny because, like, if you think to, like, if you, this is just a belief that I have, <laughs> but if you think to anything that we are typically, like, avoiding ourselves from or numbing ourselves from or distracting ourselves from, it's feeling, right? Yeah. We're avoiding a feeling, and how, like, if you think of, like, the conditioning from a very young age, especially, like, not to seven, our imprinting stage, right? So that's yeah. the stages where we kind of learn about the, our world, the world and we create our own lens. If you've been told, don't cry, stop crying, like, you know, 
like all the typical things that our, our parents typically say, not with the intention to like, mm. like condition us not to be heard, but it's like from a very young age, there can be situations where you're actually not held in your emotions. So yeah. therefore conditioned to believe that negative emotions are bad. And mm-hmm. obviously we don't like to feel the negative emotions. So we, we don't have any safety in, like we, we, we don't have safety to feel even for ourselves because we're like, well, that makes that that means we're bad. And this kind of probably ties more into like the shadow work elements and stuff like that, which is like obviously the deeper stuff. But it's like if we've been told, you know, like, um, you know, time and time again that like you're a sook, you, you, you're this, you're that or whatever it is, it's like, okay, well, every time I cry, I don't get love, acceptance and approval. So that's bad. So therefore every time I'm weak, I'm not given love, acceptance and approval. And that just carries on and plays out into our adult years, right? But we're so fucking unconscious to it. And then we go through life and different experiences and find different, I guess, coping mechanisms to avoid us from actually having to feel those things, which then lead to, like, can lead to patterns that actually don't empower us to lead a life that is in alignment or is what what we are desiring for ourselves. Yeah, so interesting. And it's so interesting how we are all seeking that that same thing or we want that acceptance and we just want to be yeah accepted by our community, yet it plays out in such different ways of how we go about getting it. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I think there is so, so much for each of us as individuals to kind of think about, reflect on, work through and just start actually recognising to start to live that life that we do actually want to live because at the end of the day like we said this is it like this is your one shot at life there is no second chances we don't get to come back and take two of this so you want to make sure that you don't get to the end of your life and be like well I spent too much time worrying about this and I didn't spend enough time doing this a hundred percent and and I think the most empowering thing is like the only one who has the power of your life is you right like like that's and I think that that's kind of where it's like I always come back to it it's like no one can do the work other than you. No one can mm-hmm. change other than you. No one can, you know, like like we get to take responsibility and you get to rewrite mm-hmm. the narrative at any given point and you get to change the trajectory of your life at any given point. So um, so yeah, like why not why not live your big bold life? Like why not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it. Now I have some quick fire questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. Amazing. First one. What is one thing that you must do every morning to set your day up? Move my body. Love it. What is one thing that everyone can do every day to just improve their life? Move their body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say move their body. Movement, daily movement. And, And also like being outdoors. Yeah, fresh air. I cannot tell you like how many times, like if you're, I've been inside, it's been a big day at work. I'm feeling like a little bit mentally congested. Walk outside in the fresh air, you come back and you're like an entirely new person. Yeah, yeah. So good. What's your favourite quote and why? Oh, I love, I hope I don't like stuff this up, but I feel like I am going to. It's like Carl Jung. I think they call Carl Jung, Carl Jung. I don't know how to say his name. Um, And it's like the... If you do not make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. And I think, and the reason why is because truly I believe that we live our lives so unconsciously and most of mm-hmm. us are actually operating from autopilot. And if you are unconscious to the unconscious parts of you, which is literally 95% of your day, then yeah. it is going to rule life and you will call it fate. Yeah. Wow. That's so true. Yeah, that like that, it just makes you have so many realizations and really think about everything. Yeah, yeah. Now, one question that I do love to ask all of my podcast guests is: in the distant future, when you are looking back at your life, what do you think will be your biggest achievement, or one thing that you will be most proud of? And I mean, this could be something that you have already done, or it could also be something that you are hoping to do in the future. Oh, I feel like I have so many, Mm. but I would say one thing that I want to look back on in life and know is that like, one, I've raised like 
I've raised two really solid men that are like really loving and and like and I feel like I really want to model and pave the way for them to live their most fulfilling fuck yes life but equally I want to be known for creating like creating a life that allowed others to step into their most fulfilling fuck yes life and you know like I'm here to create impact and I'm here to sh- to really guide women on really what's possible for them because I think that I do truly believe that there is no limitation. I do believe that there is no limitation. So it's like, for me, it's like very much like making sure that I do, I model, like I model a really healthy way of living for my boys and I show up for myself so that they see the power in showing up for themselves. But equally further to that, I think like definitely for, for women as well. Like I truly believe that, you know, like, like I just want, I just want everyone to see how much power they have within. Mm, yeah, I think that's so, so powerful. And the space that you were giving other women to be able to work through everything so that they actually can step into that and live that life that they want to. And then also modeling it for your two boys is so powerful and so incredible that you were in that space and you were doing the work that you were doing. Did you want to tell the audience what you have coming up, if anything exciting for them and where the listeners can actually find you? Yes. So um, social media is Shelly Rose. I am actually just about to launch a, well, I have launched a masterclass on all things magnetism. So that's like the, the thing that I've kind of been like really, I guess, like anchoring into at the moment. I also have just launched a my three-week group program that's all about like taking up space and building confidence to actually just be your most unapologetic, authentic self. So that is a group program that is running. I do have a podcast, which I've been really lazy with, and it's only new. So I haven't prioritized a lot of time because I'm a very young mom. So <laughs> I like pick my battles with like where my where my priorities go. And at the moment, that's like in my business and my clients and my programs. My podcast is also Reconnect, which I am going to spend a little bit more like, in, like I think bring a little bit more intentionality to. Um, and yeah, like obviously find me on Instagram, reach out if you want to reach out and yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and I'll, yeah, I'll put all of the direct links to everything that you mentioned in the show notes. So everybody can have quick access to go and check you out and reach out if they have any questions or interested in, in learning more about what you do and, and they may be ready to step into that power themselves in their life as well. But thank you so much, Shelley, for coming on and sharing so much with us. I absolutely loved our conversation today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's honestly been amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to this incredible episode with me and Shelley Rose. If you enjoyed this episode or you feel like you know somebody who could get something from this, then definitely share this episode, send it to them. And I would also love to connect with you and hear your favorite parts from it or your key takeaways. So just head over to my Instagram, which is KJ Wellness with three S's. Send me a DM because as always, I absolutely love to connect with all of you. But I hope you enjoyed the rest of the day or the evening whenever you're watching or listening to this. And I will chat with you in the next episode very soon. Until then, you take care. Bye.